Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Postgrad Radio, a podcast where you'll hear the success stories and failures of entrepreneurs in their 20s, as well as vetted professionals here to tell you there's more to postgrad life than a mere 9 to 5. Hosted by myself, Dawn Myers, the 22-year-old founder of the clothing brand Ripped Label. So sit back, relax, and take it all in because you never know, maybe you'll too be inspired to start a venture of your own. So the last time I released a podcast was right before I went to New York, and that was a little over a month ago, which is crazy to think about. Um, It feels like I was there yesterday, but that trip was so awesome, and I just met so many cool people and was really inspired to continue doing what I'm doing. But needless to say, the podcast has taken the backseat in the last few months because I've been focusing on Rip to Label and planning on where I want to take that. So that has been getting all my attention, but I love podcasting. It is such a passion of mine, so do not worry. I will continue to make episodes and release them because I learned so much from it and I think you guys do too. At least I hope you do. So for today's episode, I have Krista Hengish and I found her about a year ago when I saw her blog Live Salted on Facebook somewhere, I think. So it's a faith-based Christian blog for millennial women. Um, Even though it's faith-based and uh, targeted at millennial women, I think anyone can learn from Krista in this episode and I think there's a lot of overlaps between faith and entrepreneurship and I was telling her as you'll hear I don't think I personally can really separate my faith and my businesses because I think they really go hand in hand and I couldn't have one without the other so um, I think having this episode having Krista on was a perfect segue to kind of meld the two together and to give a little more insight on me personally and just more of a foundation for this podcast. Um, So I hope you guys really enjoy the episode and take away some things from Krista's journey. And as always, I love to hear from you guys. Shoot me an email at dawnraymyers at gmail.com or uh, be my friend on Instagram at Myers. Um, But yeah, I just love to hear from anyone, just feedback, or if you have an idea of someone you'd want to hear on the podcast, I'm always willing to hit people up, um, slide in DMs, I've done everything. So here we go. So I want to hear more about you and um, why you started Live Salted and like what it is exactly, and like about yourself too. Kind of the whole thing? Yeah. Okay, so basically, for your viewers, if any have to on a recording or not, my name is Krista Hangish, and I started Live Salted because it's, in essence, what I really needed in college, and it wasn't around, and so then I created it at the end of my four years being in school. Mm-hmm. So a little background story was in high school, um, before that, I came from a very sheltered family. Like we had <laughs> the parental blocks on all of our televisions and on our internet and all that kind of stuff. So I went into school and I started, I was on varsity volleyball as a freshman. And so we had our initiation night and we were playing the game 10 finger, like never have I ever. Yeah. And that's when I really learned for the first time that people drank before they were 21 <laughs> and had sex before they were married. <laughs> and like, I had no idea what weed was or all this stuff. And so that's when I realized that the little bubble I had been living in was pop. That's not what this world's all about. And so at that point, I had already made mentors in my head of these girls who are seniors on the volleyball team. But then when I was like, do you have sex in elevators? Like, do you smoke weed? Like, do you do all this stuff? And they all said yes. I was like, what, do I, what the heck? Where do I go for my mentor? Like, there's not a role model here that I can relate to. Yeah. And so it was in that moment when I was like, okay, I'm going to be that person then for people who come to school after me who are looking for the same kind of role model in their life. So tangibly, that looks like me saying no to alcohol. And when you say no to something, you usually want to do it more just because it's like this huge boundary there. Yeah. And so 
all my four years, the first three years, I didn't really struggle with it at all. And then senior year, I was like, why can I not drink? Like all my Christian friends who are in Young Life are still partying. And Wait, is this still in being high pers- school or college at this point? This is high, high school. school. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then I was kind of frustrated and all that kind of stuff. But um, I had an amazing mentor. So when I graduated, I was like, okay, I finally get a drink. Like I made it through high school. I gave me. And so I tried a little bit and um, it was fun and all. But the stories that I so desired of my friends never happened. Like I would hear stories about my friends who would wake up on their a stranger's lawn wearing 80s clothes or like clunt up and over a shower to get into the shower instead. And for some weird reason, I desired those stories so much. And when I went out trying to make those stories for myself, they never happened. Yeah. And so it's kind of like abortive, like trying, 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 and like trying the whole drinking thing and never being satisfying just like over and over again. So then I had an amazing mentor and she was like, okay, look, Krista, if you go off to school and you're no longer the athlete or the person in student government and you lose your faith and your morals, you're going to be so lost and confused. Like, don't do that. So they went off to school and I decided to remain true to myself and not go down the route of like hanging out with boys or drinking all the time and doing all those things. And at the same time, I was reading Bob Goff's book, Love Does. Yeah, I read that too my freshman and year. It's such a good book. Yeah, it's a great and book. His whole premise is all about just like living a life of whimsical love for other people. And all the stories that he shared in his book could be appreciated by people of any age whether they were like little kids or older adults. And so that's kind of when I decided that I wanted to just a cat, <laughs> That's when I decided I wanted to um, like have stories that my kids I babysat could really appreciate or my grandparents, not as these drunk stories that people in high school could appreciate. And I swear ever since that moment, my life has just been the most amazing compilation of ridiculous stories that I could have like really never have even thought would happen. Um, so that takes me into college. I got to school, went to Chapman, and it's a secular school, and there's absolutely no community there whatsoever. Uh, and it kind of sucked. It's just really hard coming How off of like huge Because I went to USD, six and I think it was really yeah six thousand. Yeah. Okay, so a little bigger than USD. Yeah. Um, well, good old Southern California. I know, I right? <laughs> Sometimes, and then again, I hate the culture. I just love the area. I know, same. <laughs> Uh, so then I was in school and I was like looking online, trying to find a community, like typing in Christian women's blog, Christian college ministry, couldn't find anything at all. And this is also when I was trying to figure out if I was going to drink or not in college. And so the Lord put on my heart, Matthew five thirteen, the salt of the world. And ever since that point, it's just been like on my heart. So freshman year, I got this ring made. I don't know if you can see it or not. Yeah. I saw it on the website. It, it was super cool. Yeah. So it says salt on it. And I just like put it on my finger as a way to remind myself to be the salt and the light and not let the world change my ways or get the best of me. And it even went so far in the Lord's humor that I had to get away and just pray. Cause I think there was a formal that night and I wanted to drink or something. I wanted to get my mind set straight. And so I went to the top of a parking structure just to get away. And I kid you not, there's a salt shaker on the top of this parking structure. Oh, and I was like, gosh. Lord, what? <laughs> Like, oh, I love those stories. Right yeah, That's and so it's so cool because I love telling stories. Now I used to not at all, but yeah. um, I on Instagram, like that picture of the salt shaker on the parking structure is like in my Instagram. Back when all those annoying Instagram filters were the coolest thing ever, it was like <laughs> XP Pro. Or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> that was like my favorite one. Right. Um. So yeah, that happened there. And like, keep in mind, this is not now freshman year. Up to this point, my biggest insecurity in my entire life was speaking, and it still is. Uh, I speak very fast. I used to mumble a ton, and it was the most debilitating fear ever because it got to a point where I couldn't even order at restaurants because I'd be too scared to mumble my words to the waiter or waitress. Did like, it, it get was worse? Really bad. Did it get worse when you went to college? Because I didn't struggle with that that much until I got to college and then I somehow lost so much confidence like my freshman year. Yeah. I don't know if that happened to you too, but yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, freshman year I rushed a sorority and I was around all these super polished girls. Like one looked great. Oh my gosh. Me too. (laughs) 
I was like, I can't be around these people. Like, they are incredible. And then I'm over here, like, stuttering through my words yeah. and not being able to make sense of stuff. Um, so yeah, I totally, re- totally relate to that. I got a lot worse in college. A ton. Did you stay in a sorority or did you? Like, yeah, I stayed in it. Okay. Uh, we can talk about that another, another time or later on today. Sororities are great, but they also kind of suck at times. Um, <laughs> so... Basically, then, after my freshman year, I went off to be on summer staff for Young Life up in Malibu, Canada. And that's kind of where the climax of my speaking problem hit. I got to the point, I was, like, in the bus going up to Seattle, and the devil's like, you don't deserve to be the inner doc manager. You can't tell your story. You can't connect with people. Like, like you can't even say a sentence to a waitress, like, X, Y, Z, you're not going to be good at this, blah, 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 blah. And so I was waiting at the dock to get onto the boat to go over to this camp. And I just remember sitting on there and like kind of yelling at God and be like, Lord, why do I have this problem? Like, why did you give me this issue? I don't understand why I have this. I've been praying about it for a while. I need to get over this. Like, what's going on? And it was kind of in that moment when the Lord hit me and he was like, look, Krista, this is not a problem that I gave you. It's a spiritual stronghold the devil has over you because the devil knows the joy that I've given you in this like love for other people this passion to see people's purposes and the potential like come to life and if he can shut you up then you can't do what i've created you to do yeah and that's what does the most like amazing realization because it wasn't a physical problem or a mental problem it was literally just a lie i was believing that if i wanted to be like no like f you devil i'm not gonna listen to your ways i can get over this and then i did and then that whole like month was the best month ever i never once thought about speaking poorly or like muttering my words together and it was just, like, the most beautiful time. So I still struggle with it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, speaking on stage is so scary. Yeah. And I still hate the sound of my voice. But it's something that I know I have to get over to do what I've been called to do. So That's so funny. That almost well, the exact same thing happened to me, right? I was always really confident speaking growing up. But it's right when I went to college. I literally lost all my confidence. And I hated even, like, going to the grocery store, going anywhere. I had the worst anxiety. Like, I don't know if you had anxiety kind of like all throughout college like sprinkled out but I did and I had never struggled with that before and I don't know if it's like a college thing or being away from home but it sounds like you kind of had like the same struggle as if we there's not enough struggles in college like (laughs) I know right there's just so much to do with it yeah yeah I guess anxiety anxiety is like a scary word for me I don't think I really have anxiety all that much with it but it was something that was like constantly like in my Mm -hmm. head like nagging me and making me scared Oh goodness! So then, yes. I'm glad that part is better. <laughs> I know that that's really good. So then you started uh, Live Salted a year ago or so, right? Yeah. So one more part to the story. It's just so intricate. Sorry, but um. So then I came back to this camp and I like hated school. I was like, "There's absolutely no community here. I cannot do this. I hate this. I want to transfer schools." And Wait, then the Lord reminded this? me. That this is my sophomore year. Oh, my gosh. I almost year. transferred to my sophomore year. What? Our stories are so similar. Yeah, I almost transferred to um, LSU. Oh, pretty fun. You're living, where are you living right now? In, in back in Oregon? In Wilsonville. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then I wanted to transfer schools, and the Lord's like, no, look, remember, I got you to Chapman because you did not want to go to a Christian school where it would be easy to pursue your faith. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I need to change this. So then I started a Bible study, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was just, like, pulling random questions from online that I found and just, like, kind of going with it. But the Lord led me to this ministry called Delight Ministries, and they are based in Tennessee by these two awesome girls. But I found them via Pinterest as I was looking up inspiration for a branding project. And I was like, what in the world, Lord? Because I had been Googling all this stuff all the time, not finding anything. And then I find this ministry for college females on Pinterest. I'm like, what in the world? This makes no sense. And then a lot of stuff happened with them. But the reason why I finally said, yes, God, I'll do this. I'll bring this club to Chapman was because their first ever logo, when I enlarged it on my computer screen my initials were etched into the bottom left hand corner what uh, yeah it was like really <laughs> crazy absolutely insane uh so they brought that school or that club to my school and then like four semesters later we had 60 girls coming meeting in a, in a backyard underneath all these twinkle lights just talking about the lord 
And so how I like to describe it was like I had this problem freshman year and then I was able to see a lot of other females having the same problem of yeah. needing a community. And then senior year came around where I then had all the education I needed to put it to use to make something. So senior year happened, uh, December before that, I had the awesome opportunity to be studying abroad in Thailand. And when I was there, the Lord crossed my path with these two Kiwis who were traveling in Thailand at the time um, via Instagram. It was insane. And I ended up meeting these girls for eight hours in person and then went to go live with them for two months in New Zealand, oh my gosh. which is like absolutely insane. But when I was there, I was just like, I was amazed by how these females had the same problems I was having in America and New Zealand That's and how crazy. we're the same like age group, same like stage of life. And we just really struggled with like, our faith and how to pursue it and how to like live it out. And so in my head, I was like, why in the world is it not a ministry for college girls? Like this is the biggest time of four years of tradition period. Why is there nothing out there for us? Mm-hmm. And there's people all around the world who need it. This makes no sense to me. And so then I came back with this, like, kind of, like, oomph to change something. Yeah. And then that's kind of when it all just fell together. And it literally just fell together. So that was – I bought the domain for Live Salted uh, November of last year. And now here we are in December. It's been just over a year. Uh, we hustled our booties off. Yeah. And then launched our blog February 1st. Had 600 followers in three days on Instagram and, like, 30-some-odd posts and shares on Facebook. And then two months later, had our first conference where 300 people came from San Diego to Los Angeles for an all-day event with speakers and breakout sessions and swag bags and worship, and it was awesome. That's insane. So did you consider yourself an entrepreneur all throughout this process? Like, did you see yourself in that light, or was it just something that you were kind of doing step-by-step, not really thinking about it in a business sense? Yeah, so I was an entrepreneurship minor for okay. a period of time at school. And so I've always been around the dreamers and the doers. I always just love doing that kind of stuff. But for me, entrepreneurship um, had the stigma almost of wanting to make money, like having a business that just created a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was never the case with Live Salted because it's still not making any money. My savings account is completely zeroed out as I'm doing these two new conferences. But now that I see it for what it is, entrepreneurship is definitely a part of my life as you're just creating something from nothing. And um, I actually had a really cool opportunity to read this book before I went to publish publishers this last summer called Created to Create. As a Christian author who uh, was looking at the idea of entrepreneurship in the Christian world. And he talks a lot about how, like, God was the first entrepreneur. He created this beautiful world out of nothing. Yeah, I never and thought about it like that before. Like, we are also entrepreneurs because we're yeah. supposed to create something out of nothing. And it brings in this whole beautiful idea of, like, even the Garden of Eden and how Adam and Eve were placed in the garden with the raw materials. They had the soil. They had the rivers there. They had no former function. There was no gardens. There was no orchards. There was no farmland. They just had the raw materials, and then they were called to create something out of it, to rule and yeah. subdue over their land. Which I think is the most beautiful picture because we were all supposed to work hard. Like life is about creating things and always moving forward and making this world a better place. In the own realm that we've been created to do that in, with their own unique giftings and callings and stuff. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> our society is. I mean, we're going back to, like, the creators movement, and a lot of people now are becoming creators, but I think for a long time, and this is still the case, where people, like, all they think about is money and making a living just to survive, and that's why so many people are so dead inside with their jobs, and it, like, breaks my heart, because I'm like, that's not, like, what we're supposed to do, and there's a reason why we're, a lot of people aren't fulfilled in their jobs, is because they're not really doing what they're called to do, or their purpose, in quotations, because that's kind of a loaded yeah. word, but <clears throat> I think... Have you heard of the book Garden City? No. Oh my gosh, you have to read it. What it's is written it? by John Comer. He's a pastor Wait, out of Bridgetown. Okay, okay, stop for a second. That's what I was going to talk to you about, too. Do you go to a Jesus Church or Solid Rock, I guess? Yeah. Wait, yeah. me too. Which Do you go to Westside? I go to both of them. Whenever I'm in town, I usually go to both. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's... Okay, I've been going to Westside since I was, like, in middle school. So that's, I saw yeah. you had John Mark Comer on your, uh, on the blog. 
in a podcast. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, no way, because I've been listening to him for so long. I love him. Anyway. <laughs> he's the most incredible teacher I've ever. Yeah. He's awesome. Like, he's amazing. Yeah, he is. Um, Going back to the money thing, and, like, I hate, like, that I have to worry about money or not worry about it, but that is a part of business because that's not ever my goal, and I think it's just, like, more of a stressor than anything. But, like, yeah. in a business, to take this sort of in a business sense, like, how did you, like, afford to start it? And, like, how would you get people to work for you? Because, like, I'm in a place now, like, I don't have money to pay for people's salaries and stuff. So, like, how do you get people to work for you essentially for free um, and support yourself, too? Like, how does that work for you? <laughs> it's actually hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so... There's two kind of like waves to live salted. There's a first wave at the first conference, and then there's a wave that we're in now going into these next two conferences that we're doing in Portland and Seattle. So the first wave, I had uh, close to no money in a savings account because I was living off of what I had to go to school with. So I needed to apply for a credit card because my mom taught me early on that if you get the right credit card, you can get all these miles back and these points back and all that kind of stuff. So I did a lot of research, and I found this card that if you spent – it's the Chase Inc. Um, I like have platinum that one too, yeah. Yeah, so if you spend like $5,000 in the first three months and you get 50,000 bonus miles or something, which is a trip to New Zealand, I was like, heck yeah, I need to do this. <laughs> so uh, what I did was I applied for this credit card about two months out from the conference because I want to start buying stuff for everything. And I knew, like, inside of my heart that I was going to get the money back. Like, I knew we were going to sell tickets, and mm-hmm. I knew that we were going to sell merchandise. So I knew we were going to get this money back, but I wanted to buy stuff earlier than I had the actual money. And so for some reason, the credit card application kept getting pushed, and all these different things weren't allowing it to work out. But I got approved literally the exact month before the conference happened. It's like one whole billing cycle away from the conference occurring. Yeah. And so... I would not recommend doing this because <laughs> unless the Lord is like putting it on your heart to like bless you and he has like, I felt at peace doing this. That's like, I would not tell anyone else to do that unless they really felt peace with the Lord Like max it. out your credit card and just hope for the best. Yeah. So I bought everything on a credit card and <laughs> I was able to pay it all off. So how much was it? I bought it how on a credit card. How much did you max out on? I spent on the credit card. It was like, close to it was like close to like nine thousand dollars ten thousand dollars you really did it you went for it (laughs) i went for it and that's over a period of time it goes little things big things yeah 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 oh i know how it adds up mistake that i did make though that people should learn from is to not purchase a lot of tank tops or t-shirts I was an idiot, and I bought yeah. 200 tank tops, and that's what made me go into debt. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Not I, dead. No, like, I, I understand that firsthand is, like, just inventory sitting there is, is – you're, like, losing money. So I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so did that you, was that. Did you design all the T-shirts and everything by yourself, or did you have yeah. help? You did it all yourself? I did. So I had people who did the design aspects. Like I had a lot of amazingly talented female do like the hand-drawn scripts or do our logos. And then I had photographers who are just so in- absolutely incredible. How'd but you I find was the one people? who put together. The Lord brings them into your life. People <laughs> are seriously so talented all around you. People yeah. have passions and they just are not able to express and show. And when you can find that and pull it out of them and give them a purpose for it, it's the most beautiful thing. Do you want to know what's funny is, so Bridget and I went to high school together and we never, like our friend groups never really collided or like I never hung out with Bridget in high school. Just not that I didn't like her. I just never happened. So then when I graduated college and moved back here through a mutual friend, we started working together and I had no idea Bridget was into photography or anything like that. And she is like an integral part of like my business, like pretty much every single like high quality photos from Bridget and she's so talented and it's crazy how like people just come into your life at the right time. And there's so many cool people out there, like all around you, like people that I have already known that are like resurfacing. So I totally get that. It's really cool. And especially to bring people in that are around your age that like are just looking for an outlet. That's kind of like what's cool about being an entrepreneur too, is like you can allow people to kind of shine through like these positions that you're giving them or these opportunities so that's really cool 
yeah, for taking that into the live salted lingo. It's like we're able to salt themselves. Like they're able to be salty in what they're called to do and like living into the passions they've been created for. Yeah. So how do you support yourself on a daily basis? Like I always am curious when I talk to entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like. So now I live and I do, I think one of the most typical things that you can think of is I work at a cafe at night and then I use all that money and the tip money to support all of my salt stuff. I am living at home with my mother right now, who is the reason why I'm able to do all this stuff. I live in a beautiful home and she pays for the rent and the food. So family is super important when you're pursuing your dreams, but also hustle. It's like my daily schedule is wake up at like 5.45, work out, come back at 7, uh, do a devotional and read the Bible in the morning. And then I just literally work nonstop from 9-ish until 3.35-ish. And then I change for work and I go to work from 4 to um, like 10.30 usually. And I come home, do more stuff, sleep, and do it again the next day. I Yeah, our stories are very similar. I live at home right now with my mom too. And she pays for everything. Like <clears throat> very, very lucky to have that. And then I nanny part-time too. So like I'll wake up early and work and then go nanny and then come home and work more. And so it's like... It's funny how the schedule is definitely way more than a nine to five. Like people, a lot of people I don't think realize when you have something of your own, like you also have a job to pay for life and then you're working for Uh free most of the time though. But Or you're spending money. Like you're literally losing money all the time. Oh my gosh. I'm always spending money. I'm like, where does it go? Like I can't keep money in my account, but I'm like, I'll just write it all off. Like it's all for the business. It all will make sense in the end. Yeah. So someone or one more thing, quick thing. Yeah. Jeremy Roloff um, told me this. He's a guy from this TV show, Little People, Big World. Yeah. Um, his wife, Audrey, live in Bend. I've been hanging out with him a little bit. But he said that being an entrepreneur is uh, three times as much work as a normal job and twice as much fun. Which That's I think so is like true. so interesting. But, like, such a great way to think about it because yeah. it is so much more work, but it also is more fun. Just, like, the work also increases at the same rate, yeah. if not more than it the really fun. Does. Do you ever feel like you're on the wrong path or do you ever feel, like, way down in the dumps? Because I know sometimes for me I'll have, like, a really good moment and then I'll just be like, whoa, and it just kind of, like, weighs on you really heavy. Everything that you're doing, you just get really overwhelmed. Do you ever, like, get that sense of, yeah. like, over overwhelmment? Is that if that's a word? Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday I want to throw the towel in. Every day I want to throw the towel in. Oh my gosh, yes. It's just you, like with Salt, for instance, we have a storefront, we have the conferences, we have our blog, and we have the business side of things. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I have 12 people on my team who I'm talking to all the time, making sure they have assignments and they have work to get done. And so it's, it's overwhelming. Every single freaking day it's overwhelming but then the lord and i'm like okay god if you don't show up i quit because it's the lord's business when yeah. you're working with the lord it's all yeah. his like this idea is the lord's completely the reason why i'm here talking to you today is because of jesus the reason we're gonna have four events within one year is because of jesus like it's all his and so if you tell the lord that this is his venture and not your own and he needs to take care of the details he'll take care of you and I'm always like, if you don't show up, God, I quit. Like, if you're not going to be here today, I'm going to throw a towel in because then it's mine and it's not yours. Yeah. And so even yesterday, I was like really overwhelmed working in marketing, figuring out how to brand our new conferences. And I just like was literally at my wit's end, like in a dead end. And two random people who I'd never met before ever in my life DM'd me on Instagram just saying that what I'm doing is amazing and the Lord's hand's going to be all over this and encourage people beyond your understanding and their pursuit of Christ and all this stuff. And so there is things that get me super overwhelmed. I feel like I'm literally drowning, but the Lord will always provide encouragement in some way. And it's also being like consciously aware of taking those little victories and those little nudges and being like, yes, I would love to do this. Yeah. It's the little wins that add up and it make it all worth it. But I definitely have those yeah. moments, too, when I'm like, what am I doing? And I still do it. Like, even in the hard days, I'm, I still keep going. And I'm like, I don't even know how. Like, some days, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm still, like, doing it. Because it's – the odds are so, like, against you at some times. But I feel like that's – if you can get through, like, the hard parts and, like, you know, God will always meet you there in the hard times, too. So it all works out in the end. So just going yeah. back to your, your group of 12 people, so do they 
are they all going to school? Are they graduated? How did you, I mean, how did you like collaborate that group? Yeah. Once again, the Lord, but, uh, (laughs) I made, so I graduated school and I kind of went into, oh my gosh, your cat. (laughs) And then I kind of went into post-grad depression, just not knowing what's going on with my life. And so I ended up fasting for three days to just get clarity on what the Lord wanted me to do. And it's in that time when he was just, okay, you have this massive, huge, incredible vision, take it one day at a time. We'll get there together. So then I was like, okay, I need help. So then the first thing I did was I made, I have zero corporate experience at all. Like absolutely zero corporate experience. And I was like, okay, I need help. So then I made up applications and job descriptions of what I needed help with. And I posted it on social media and on our website. And within like a week and a half, I had 16 applicants all around the United States. No way. Um, That's so cool. And they were all people that I had not ever talked to before like complete strangers were you nervous so then, like were you nervous about them fitting in and it being the right match yeah of course but I also interviewed all of them so I was able to like so then I was like wow 16 people this is a lot but like we're gonna do this and obviously some of the ones who applied like weren't for sure qualified to do the job that I had asked, Mm -hmm. but I still gave everyone an interview because it was the least that I could do because people were coming along my vision. I wanted to talk to them about it. So I interviewed them all for 30 minutes on FaceTime, had questions to go through. And then I just prayed about it and thought about it. And then I called everyone back like three, four days later and told them if they got the job or not. And if they did not get the position, then I got them involved in another way. Um, whether that was writing a blog post or submitting pictures for us to use for a blog post on the road or something. So it was really fun. And uh, most of the girls are still in college. Uh, Two of them are graduating this year. A handful of them still have school for a few more years, and then one of them is outside of school. So it was a whole assortment of people all around. They're all around the United States, Florida, Texas, California, Oregon, Oklahoma, it's like the most beautiful thing. That's, so do you check in with them every day then? <clears throat> or most days? Yeah. Are they yeah, all girls we use too? It. Yeah, all girls. Okay. And we use the communication platform Slack. Yeah, I've used that. I've used that too. So it's really cool. Yeah. I love that thing. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I always like to hear like some business mistakes or like some bumpy parts along the way that could help other listeners who are also starting a small business or... Um, either an online business or whatever it might be, just like some yeah. mistakes that you've made that other people might be able to dodge. Totally. Uh, something that I have done a few times now is I made decisions without fully thinking them through. Like nothing crazy big, but the ones that took up the most time were bank accounts. Like I opened up, I think I've opened up three different bank accounts at this point, looking for the right one. And I was like, I'm so irrational. I just go and open a new one, open one up, and then I just cancel it afterwards. So really thinking through which bank account you want to go to, and how that works with their minimum requirements for a business account, and then how their credit cards work with them as well. I chose to go with Chase, and I'm actually loving it. I'm doing their Chase, their like lowest business checking plan, yeah, I and I absolutely love one. it. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of organization, um, don't be lazy. I would tell everyone to not be lazy labeling folders and labeling their documents and keeping everything organized. I would 100% tell you to get a Dropbox account and save all your files in Dropbox and not on your computer because who knows what's going to happen to your computer down the road. And since we have access to a cloud and to like a thing in the world that kills all our data, do it all online. Yeah. Um, I've also had a lot of hard times just like keeping photos organized and in a lot of research and a lot of trial and error with stuff. And what I've come to the conclusion of is using Google photos. It's incredible. It's super really? user friendly. I'm trying to decide yeah. if I want to switch over to that or not. So maybe I will, maybe I'll test it out. What do you use? Uh, I use, <clears throat> well, <laughs> that's an area that I need help with, but I use iPhoto and then I just upload them all to Google drive in different folders, all my photos. And it's, like, super disorganized. So, honestly, after you said that, I'm, like, that's something that I really, really need to work on is organizing my photos. But I've been – I want to get a Dropbox, but I'm, like, oh, you have to pay that monthly thing. But it's, like, not even a lot of money. I just need to do it. No, it's literally $10 or it's, like, $5 a month. It's so worth it. Yeah. 
So yeah, and also in, in, down the road. So another bit of advice that I would always tell someone is think about scalability. Mm-hmm. Whenever you do anything, it needs to have scalability. I remember sitting in my room when I was buying a domain and I was choosing between the salt conference or livesalted.com. And I said in my head, if I get the saltconference.com, that's only going to be a conference, not like a movement or a merchandise or like a blog. It's just a conference. And so when you do anything, you need scalability. Mm-hmm. So with Dropbox, for instance, since I now have 12 people on my team, I can now share files with them easily without having to like, upload emails and send emails all the time. They can have access to it. And so if I can give advice, it'd start everything with the with a thought of it being coming huge at some point in your life and people being able to access it easily. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Actually, scalability is something I think about a lot for pretty much everything, but I totally agree. And actually, I kind of want to talk more about the conference itself. Like, can you just do a rundown of, like, the upcoming concert or conference and what it's going to be so that, like, if people want might be interested in going, like, <clears throat> just a little synopsis yeah. of it? Oh my gosh, yes. If anyone is listening and you're from Portland or Seattle area, we'd love to have you come. We're doing our Live Salted Seattle conference at the church called Docsuts up in Bellevue. And then for Portland, it'll be at South Lake Church, which is in West Lynn in Oregon. And how they kind of look and what goes down is it's an all-day event. We have coffee in the morning, and we all gather as sisters in Christ. I think it's really easy for us to think that we're alone in our faith just given our culture and how taboo it is to now be a Christian talk about our faith and so the idea is to bring us all together just for one full day of restoration and excitement about what the Lord has planned for us so this year our saying and our theme comes from the message version of Romans 8 and the idea of living adventurously expectant for all the Lord has planned for you it's the idea of coming to your papa and asking him what's next and just being excited for anything that it has so um, what they look like is we have a first session, and it's me up on stage kind of telling the background story of how Live Salted came to be and my heart behind the idea of Live Salted. And then Robin Verner takes it away, talking about identity in Christ and just the truth and the freedom that comes from knowing that we are a child of God and not a slave to the ways of this world. We then go into a panel of testimonial speakers who share their life stories so that you can then relate to us because we're all just in this together we're all part of the same body doing the same thing and it's a whole day of like relatability and then we have a lunch break for an hour and a half where you're sent out just to go hang out with your new friends and uh, share experiences and memories over a meal together and then you come back for our breakout session where emily jamison will be going over um like, what's your crazy awesome thing? Like, what's that thing that God created you with to go after and create and partner with him on? What garden are you going to grow with him? And then the last talk is about overcoming the things that stop us from doing those dreams in our lives, which are fear, doubt, insecurity, and comparison. And I also forgot that we have two bomb.com worship sessions. Worship sessions. Worps. <laughs> worship sessions on both of them, too. And you get this awesome canvas bag. We're going to have a super secret fun drinkware item in there. And then giveaways and handouts and all that kind of fun no, stuff. No, it looks so cool. I was looking at the pictures from your last one. Was it in May? The one in, um, was it in LA? It's April. Oh, it was April. Okay, it's yeah. I was looking at the pictures and that looked super cool. So just for everyone listening, do you have to be like a Christian or believer to go? Or is it open to like all women if they're like curious about it? Yeah. It's open to all women. We'd love for you to come. I promise it won't be some kind of like scary hostile (laughs) experience where you're forced to like worship with your hands up in the air or prayer, (laughs) sit and pray. Like my biggest prayer is that people just can see faith as being something that you do involve with your everyday life. And that's not scary. It's not all about black and white rule following. It's about literally experiencing life and life to the full as Jesus explained why he died on the cross. Yeah. And so if you, curious about your faith we'd love for you to come if you're going through the motions at school and you're kind of like just stuck in a rut we'd love for you to come if you're obsessed and living for jesus we'd love for you to come if you have absolutely no idea who jesus is we'd love for you to come too like we want everyone to be there it won't be intimidating or scary or awkward or anything like that yeah and if they can't go you can go to live salted and find like all sorts of good good stuff there too so do you hope to have conferences like all around the world or all around the country yeah. 
So the biggest dream that I have is to go on a cross-country road trip tour where we like buy an Airstream or we gut out an old school bus and paint it white and we just have a coffee cart and we travel around and we go from like school to school putting on little conferences and talking about the Lord everywhere we go. And I have a dream to have a fry cart that's called salted. We'll have different like types of sea salt and Himalayan oh salt and Thai salt and all our fries. <laughs> that's so funny. I know. I like how you said the coffee cart. I'm like, yeah, you need to have a coffee cart too. That's like a must yep. <laughs> always. For sure. <clears throat> so a big passion of mine that I realized in the last year or so is millennial women, which is basically who you're targeting as well. So mm-hmm. I, my eyes have really been open to like just a lot of struggles that millennial women have and not to exclude like the men that listen to this podcast at all. I think everyone should be in on the conversation, but what are some of the biggest struggles like you've seen of millennial women, especially since you've probably talked to so many of them at the conferences and just through what you do, like, what do you notice, um, for people, for girls our age, like what are they struggling with right now? I would say, hands down, the biggest thing is comparison. Yeah. I think comparison is what bites dreams before they, like, become this beautiful, real thing. Comparison is what stops you from talking to a girl in a room because you think that she's cuter than you or has better clothes than you. It um, makes you want to look a certain way because you see people dressed or a certain body type on a magazine. Um a big thing too is like if you're a calligrapher for instance and you don't think you're as good as x y and z calligrapher then you don't want to do it yourself mm-hmm. but like the, the lord created p- many people to do many things and they're all in their own unique way mm-hmm. so that's the whole idea of live salted it's like we are supposed to live salting ourselves and what the lord's gifted us with and live into our calling and our purpose not being wishful of what other people have like for me the longest time was i had this friend who is the most eloquent speaker, absolutely hilarious, has so much stage presence. And I always wanted to be her. I was like, why can I not be like this girl? Like I would be so much better at my job. I was like her. But then I realized I'm like, no, I have my own unique things that I'm good at that she's not good at. Not that that matters at all because what I'm it's like who I am, not she is at all. But when I realized that I could just live into what I've been called to and not compare myself to anyone else, life's much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the whole idea of, like, comparison does steal all your joy. It's mm-hmm. truth. It really and does. And if you learn, yeah. And if you learn that you're literally only living for the Lord and that all of your, like, time on this earth is to bring glory to his name and he's the only one you have to please or live for, that changes everything as well. Like, yeah. you take yeah. your ability and your callings and you use those things to please the Lord, not your neighbor's. Yeah, I That's think it. it's ironic because, like, tonight is the Victoria's Secret fashion show, too. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, my God, because it's all over Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, it just kind of irks me because I know there's so many. <clears throat> and I I'm, I fall into that trap, too, or I used to a lot. It's just like you just compare yourself to those girls and that image that they portray. So that's, like, definitely on my mind today. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, definitely comparison is that steals a lot of joy and takes you out of a lot of circumstances. So, um, yeah. do you have any mentors? Like, do you have anyone like business yeah. mentors or spiritual mentors? Yeah. I don't think you can function without mentors in your life. <laughs> I think yeah. I would be okay. I don't really have a business mentor right now in terms of someone who's walked down this path before. Uh, the leaders of delight, the founders, I talk to them a lot about stuff cause they have just walked through this like about two years before I have. Um, spiritual mentors though I have plenty of them I go to them all the time for just restoration and feedback and making sure that I'm walking in line with what I'm trying to do with my life Um, I do listen to Dale Partridge's podcasts he wrote People Over Profits he's an amazing entrepreneur I need to read that I really need to read that he's an absolutely incredible human Um, I Listen to Donald Miller's information on storyline. He's a lot of good information about marketing and storytelling through your brand. And then that's kind of it. I also I subscribe to a lot of random different uh, like Pinterest bloggers and learning how to do marketing that way. Yeah. Propel Magazine is an incredible resource for Christian um, leaders. Amazing content every Saturday in their newsletter. So it's just like kind of finding ways to take in information without having a lot of 
effort, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's why I love podcasts. Cause I can be like working and stuff. And I also get so much information and I get sort of like, not a full mentor, but kind of glimpses of like mentors through yeah, many totally. different outlets. I think there's so like, mm-hmm. we're in a day and age where you don't have to have one single mentor or like one person you go to for everything. You can have help from a lot of different people, which I think is really cool. Totally. So do you have any like last advice for people who like post-grad people since this podcast is called post-grad, like people who are in that post-grad depression, like what am I doing? Or they just started something and they're like, how, like, how am I even going to do this? Um, like any advice for them, like spiritually, but also like, um, just tangibly. Yeah. I would honestly, one, tell you, if you don't have your dream job right now, you're fine. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) It takes time. I've been extremely blessed. The fact that I graduated six months ago and I'm doing what I'm loving, like what I love to do. But if that's not your story, don't rush it. Um, whether you're working at like a waitressing job or working as a desk clerk, whatever it is, just enjoy that season for what you're in and take all the extra energy you have since you're not exerting it, um, doing your passion yet to figure out what you're passionate about. Um, fasting honestly helped me a ton. It was the first time I ever practiced that type of practice before and I haven't done it since and I want to, but if you are really struggling with where you are in life, just set aside time to like figure out what you want to do and never in your busyness stop reading the bible and praying because that is the source of all wisdom and all knowledge and all truth and if you pour into the lord he will write your story for you it's already written you just need to discover it yeah that's so true and i think for fasting like some people think it just has to be food but i think a big one at least for me is like my phone too like fasting like social media Mm -hmm. and like fasting other things too um is also really, really helpful. And then, so I obviously did a little bit of stalking on you before I had you on. I always do that with people I have on the show. But um, one thing you said that I just love is that you want to live a life so reliant upon the Lord where if he doesn't show up, it's embarrassing. And I'm like, that, that is, those are like the words to something I've been feeling for so long now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you And I'm in a place where, like, I have to rely on what he's doing because I don't even know how I am where I am. And I don't even know where I'm going to be tomorrow. So, I like, I have to. But for people who have, like, a steady job or, like, in school and they feel comfortable, like, that might be a little harder to, like, give more up like that and live more fearlessly. But I think, um, you know, speaking to mostly entrepreneurs through this podcast, like, it is a really good outlet to give more up to the Lord and kind of have him be in the driver's seat it kind of it forces you in a way like you kind of have to or else you just like you'll crash so anyway I think that's really cool that you said that and I just related to that a whole lot oh it makes me so happy (laughs) yeah I'm literally in a position where I have cleared out my savings and I'm trying to put on these two events that not a single person has signed up to go to yet and it's happening under two months yeah so if he doesn't show up then it's gonna be very embarrassing yeah but it's just something that like I think people are oftentimes are scared to talk about their dreams and their ambitions that are mm-hmm. not realities yet mm-hmm. but I just think the more you talk about them the more you're held accountable to making them happen and so if you failed like whatever like, it doesn't matter at all there's many things on my Instagram that I put up there before it actually happened yeah and I could be like, oh, like I'm embarrassed. It didn't happen. Or I can be like, no, you know what? That shows that I went on a limb and I'm trying to make it happen. If it fails, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I was just but listening to... too scared. Oh, yeah. And I just listened to another podcast last week and they were saying how, like, if you start something and you fail, like, no one else really cares. Like, no one is going to no. be like, oh, my gosh, she didn't do that. Like, she must be terrible. Like, no one actually cares enough about... Like those little failures that you have, only you're you're like your worst critic. So you're gonna care about it way more yep. than anyone else is gonna yep. like do that. So I yep. totally agree. 100%. I think talking about them more. Plus, then when you talk about them, you attract more people that might be able to help you or join in the mission. So, yeah. um, actually, another piece of advice, real quick, to your yeah, viewers yeah, yeah. and listeners: bring people along with your story from the get go. Like, yeah. if you can, like, be yeah. super open, I think the reason why Liz Salted's doing so well is that I'm telling the internal story of it intentionally because I want girls to know that they can do it, too. 
like I don't know if you saw we posted on Facebook but we made um, we had a photo shoot and I, I made like an at home studio with a random sheet that we duct taped to a wall and make we're ironing it to the wall to get all the wrinkles out and like people like love that because that's us just doing our own thing so if you can bring people along from the actual conception of your idea to the reality of it happening they're along for the journey and everyone loves the journey and the process it takes to get something to happen. Yeah. So bring people along with yeah. your story. And then it becomes bigger than you or like bigger than one person too. And I think mm-hmm. that's really important. So yeah. how can listeners get involved in Live Salted either on the blog or for the conferences and how can they give to support the conference? Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So there's many ways you can do this. We're currently running a GoFundMe campaign which is GoFundMe.com slash conference, and we're raising money to pay off our venues and all of our print materials, marketing, and speakers, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for the content side of everything, make sure you're following us at LiveSalted and at LiveSaltedConference, and on Facebook at LiveSalted, and then LiveSalted.com is our website. And where so, can they find you specifically if they want to talk to you? Me! me uh krista hangish is my instagram name or then krista hangish.com is my or at gmail.com is my email yay thank you so much for coming on i think this was really a conversation that needed to happen and i'm excited to share your story and there's so many similarities with mine it just like gives me comfort to knowing that there's uh, someone else out there that um yeah. has had the same struggles and has a similar story so thank you so much totally done yeah, and good luck doing all your stuff, too. I've seen your pictures on Bridget's um, portfolio, oh, and cool. I love what you're up to. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, keep it going. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you guys so much for listening, and I would love to keep this conversation going, so please share this episode or other episodes with your friends or anyone you think could benefit from the stories here on Postgrad Radio. And as always, just shoot me an email if you have any questions, suggestions, feedback, whatever, at dawnraymyers at gmail.com. And you can keep up with me at dawnmyers on Instagram. And yeah, I'll see you guys in the next episode. See ya!